0: Hi guys, welcome to episode three of the Blue Sky Fostering podcast. This week we're talking to Jade, who is a supervisor and social worker from the Devon team. Uh, Jade's got a lot of experience working with uh, in grief and bereavement and loss, and she's taken some time to talk to us about that. Um, so I hope you guys find this in- issue interesting, and if you've got any questions, make sure to let us know. Okay, so um, hi, guys. Welcome, everybody, to episode three of the Blue Sky Podcast. Um, I'm here with Jade. Um, Jade is from uh, sunny Devon. It is Devon, isn't it, Jade? It is classed as Devon, or am I sound like a moron?
1: It is classed as Devon. We're right on the cusp of Cornwall, though, so we're really quite down south, but yeah. Okay,
0: okay. Well, there we go. We'll we'll, we'll go with Devon, then, for the minute. I don't want to offend anyone. Um, (laughs) So um, Jade um, is going to talk to us today about um, dealing with loss and grief. Um, But, Jade, can you quickly or briefly kind of give everybody an explanation of and why this is an area that you've done some work with um, some carers and young people in the past and what your sort of background is.
1: Yeah sure Um, so I am a social worker um, and obviously a supervising social worker for Blue Sky at the moment but um, in my previous role as a social worker I was working in a charity uh, for loss grief and bereavement um, where I did a lot of therapeutic work with um, families, young people, you know, systemically working with the family as a whole, individually working with children and young people and really just trying to trying to delve into that and and help people figure out lots of those big feelings because they can be very confusing. Um, I think it links in actually a lot with children in care. So the majority of my experience in my social work career has been with children in care in some capacity. Um, And what has been very evident is that, the sense of loss is extremely similar to that of bereavement um, that our our children experience. So, I find that interesting. The links between that.
0: Yeah, I think as well because when you talk about loss and grief, I think mm. people probably have the potential to think we're always talking about um, uh, death and bereavement in that sense. But are we talking about you know the loss of um, you know uh, maybe a, a parent who you're no longer able to live with? Are we talking about kind of the similarities between that as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean. I think my experience previously was around bereavement um, yeah. specifically but in terms of drawing those links across into, um, you know, these children, they, they lose birth family as they are moved into care uh, alongside, you know, the, their identity. They lose uh, quite often their place in school, their local hobbies. They can be moved across the country and their, ident- uh, their identity attached to where they're from. Um, so quite often there is so much loss um, with the children in our care and, and children in care in general.
0: OK, so um, based on your experiences, kind of maybe we we rewind a little bit to your experiences before you came to Blue Sky. Um, what would be kind of your um, uh, standout sort of moment? Um, of a piece of work that you've done um that maybe some people could think actually do you know what I could take some of those elements into the kind of um the work that our carers and staff are doing at the moment
1: yeah definitely I think when we think about um bereavement and loss I think quite often one of the things that would come up is this idea that um people when someone has died or when we have experienced loss in some way um the feelings associated with that necessarily is the expectation is that there will always be positive feelings um about the person who's died um because nobody really wants it. it's a bit taboo to say something perhaps not nice about someone who's died so yeah. one of the things that um i thought was really interesting in my work with bereavement is working with children who had difficult relationships with the person who died um, which similarly is I suppose is something that we could um we could be involved in with children in care Uh, and so trying to make those links for young people to allow them to to feel those feelings and and be able to express them to those uh, you know those around them because uh, holding in feelings like that and, and holding in their experiences that haven't necessarily been good i think that that was quite interesting work that i
0: i think uh, that's really interesting you. because um like you said is there's there's a there's a there's a huge sense of guilt when anybody passes that you, you, people tend to think oh i could have done more or you know i mm-hmm. wish i'd said to this this to them i wish i'd said that to them but in in the in the area that that we all are a part of actually um <clears throat> a lot of the time those experiences with those who have passed aren 't going to have been positive, are they? so um, I guess that 's actually a whole nother layer isn 't it to for our children and our, you know and our carers to have to kind of understand isn 't it so so, what have you done previously then to help you know you said about allowing those young people space to to have those feelings and um, how can you do that when they 're going through such a grieving process
1: Yeah, definitely um, I think young people that I, w- I was working with they they needed to be on board. Um, And whether that meant that I would uh, visit them for 10 minutes at a time in the beginning and try and build that trust up with them. Um, The grief is a really difficult thing to talk about. It's not something that people um, necessarily is a natural thing to talk about. So, uh, I mean, what we would do in my charity is we'd work with the family as a whole quite often. Um, whether that meant bringing those families together um, in a systemic way or whether that meant doing some work with the families but separated off. Um, So quite often what you'd get is um, perhaps parents who would say, you know, my child is really, really struggling with this, Um, I don't really know what to do, Um, especially, you know, in terms of explaining things to younger, younger children and and not really having the words, so that's something that we would work with parents quite often, or parents or carers quite often around. Is um, actually, you know, be honest with our young people, be be honest with our children, and um, and we would support them in finding the right words to say to explain things. Um, certainly around maybe suicide or um, you know deaths around drug or alcohol misuse um, issues and, and and things like that. So things that are very hard to explain to children. Um, and what we would do is specifically with parents and carers is work around finding those words. Um, with young people, I think, you know, we, you know, I would do various activities uh, around um, feelings, memories, coping. So that would be kind of what we do. Um, and we'd figure out in the beginning, very much get alongside the young person and say, you know, what, what is it that y- you want to get from this? Um, and young people. They've got a good sense of, of being able to open up, I suppose, and being able to figure out what they need um, mm. with a bit of prompting. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, very much around feelings, memories and, and how to cope with that, how, how we can tie in finding strategies yeah. um, for children to, to cope with the feelings and the memories that they have of the person who's died.
0: So what would be some of the actual practical things that you would do then around trying to discover those feelings and emotions? And you sort of also said about finding the words. So um, what would be what are some of the actual sort of practicalities as, as, as around that? You know, are there any specific um, activities or conversation starters and things like that that we could really take away from that now?
1: Yeah, definitely. What I would say um, in terms of finding the words is because the children in our care um, statistically are more likely to experience a bereavement anyway. So We've talked about their sense of loss, but also, um, you know, children in care, their family members, their birth family members, statistically, you know, they are likely, more likely to experience bereavement as well because of, you know, sadly, the chaotic lifestyles that um, some of the children can come from. So when we say about language, what I would say is always use the words. So, um, you know, dad dying, death, they're uncomfortable words for us to use as adults but for children they really need to understand what that means. Um, For younger children being able to explain um, physically what what that means um, you know when when someone dies you know that that they're not going to come back and um, and that they are able to to talk to somebody um, more specifically around um, what it means when someone has um death by suicide or um killed themselves things like that so is so, that those,
0: those are, So the words that you're using now those are the kind of things that you would say to, to even like a younger person you would say you know you know such a body you know like unfortunately you know that your uncle has killed himself is that the kind of way that you would you sort of you'd use the words like that would you suggest yeah
1: so it depends i would say it depends on the ages so some yeah. of the phrases that we would say is um you know they made their they made their own body stop working so they died yeah um you know they had lots of medals in their head um which meant that um that they killed themselves do you understand what that means and quite often children do you know i don't think we give them enough credit sometimes
0: no i think sometimes the tendency isn't there to 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 tiptoe around things but also there's a need for that but sometimes it's tiptoed around so much that the point just gets lost doesn't it um, yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting, Jay, because um, that's something that I have always worried about—is talking to my youngest children or to my children about any kind of loss, and that need to kind of shield them from things. But actually, that doesn't shield them because the person isn't coming back. Um, mm-hmm. So actually, being honest and at the level that's appropriate for them it must be a really difficult thing particularly if it's it's somebody else's child that you're having to have this conversation with and that's the situation that our carers will be in isn't it um,
1: yeah definitely um, and sometimes uh, a lot of what we'd get is and I suppose the PR carers might experience this is sometimes the professionals and adults are more worried about having those conversations and therefore they can drift yeah. so and the child will fill in the gaps themselves at that stage and it can be really confusing and quite often mm. the what they fill in the gaps with themselves is far more scary than the reality
0: yeah that's um, really interesting
1: and i think it's it's more about adults fearing those conversations than it is about children not being ready if children are asking questions this is something that i used to say to my parents and carers in bereavement if children are asking questions they're ready for the answers it's just about how we explain that it's just about how we find um, the right way to be able to deliver that information and the support that we can put in place to hold them while they receive that news
0: that is one of the most i think that's one of the best sentences sentences i think i've ever heard jade because that <laughs> that relates to everything doesn't it if children are asking questions they're ready for answers but it's up to us to deliver those answers in the right way yeah definitely. That, that, that is and if there's one thing i would say that anybody takes from this if you can take that away because that translates to everything doesn't it that really really does so i guess it's educating ourselves in a way to make sure we use the right language of words and also that we're clued up on the facts around what's happened in the loss and the bereavement isn't it to to explain that to them in a way that works for, for them um yeah no,
1: definitely you know? and i mean and without um you know making anything up either I think sometimes when children ask us questions we feel like we have to be ready with answers and sometimes we're not really too sure ourselves or not really too sure how to say things and then we think oh my goodness that came out a little bit wrong and so what I would say is it's all right to say to a child I don't know actually you know I think I might go away I can ask a social worker I can find that out for you Um, and following that up as well. So making sure that if you tell a child that you're you're going to find out something for them, that you make every effort to do that, and that's yeah. something that your supervisor and social worker will be able to support you with to make sure that our children do get the answers that they need. Yeah. Like story work is something that we know um you know across the country is something that drifts very mm-hmm. much for children and young people. And I think that's something that as supervising social workers and as carers we really try and advocate for. Because these kids need to know what, what's going on really. And um, why why do you think process. that
0: does drift, Jade? Why why do you think that does drift?
1: Um I think mm, resources at <laughs> times. Um <laughs> yeah. yeah resources probably but also that sense of um who's going to do that work and and people feeling very much that they need um you know, really in-depth training around life story work, which is very, very important is that somebody um trained in that can do it. But at the same time, I think anyone with the right support um is able to answer questions for children and Mm -hmm. is able to be there for children while they kind of figure that figure that information out. So um yeah the specific life story work definitely drifts but we can you know carers and social workers and and the people around a child can can certainly fill those gaps of information. I would say
0: I think as well I think um the best and I, I'm, I'm you can't see it because obviously we're not on the video but I'm doing the the inverted commas thing is I think the best work happens when it's done in, in, in an informal setting um you know that, that's when I think that Im- impactful conversations are had when it's you know you're not sat around a table you're not specifically trying to do it you know the you know I talk to carers about um disclosures that young people have made and you know nine out of ten times they say yeah they're cooking and so you know a question comes up. Um, and so actually being prepared to have those conversations to fill in the gaps for our young people kind of without being on your toes and on edge all the time but thinking actually do you know what if this comes up this might be the avenue that I go down for me I feel that's like a really important message that we kind of get out is is that actually if we're talking about loss of bereavement it's knowing the facts and being able to have those conversations around filling in the gaps for young people um, at the most sort of inopportune times as possible really isn't it would you say that that's kind of more of a you know like a realistic thing if we can't you know doing formal life story work isn't able to happen
1: yeah definitely Mm. i would say that's really important yeah and um like i say finding things out so um young people we use lots of adult language like um cancer tumors um specifically talking about death, I suppose yeah um things like that and it's about um you know if a, if a child's asking what well, what does that mean or, or being able to understand that perhaps a child won't know what that means figuring that out together I've you know I've sat down with young people on the computer and we've we've um google searched together some of um the ways that family members for them ha- have died and we've um made posters and things like that about um what that means and what that looks like and just to have that information can be reassuring because they they kind of understand a bit more rather than this big unknown
0: making it up in their head I guess isn't it and then like you say like sometimes the unknown so um, well you've you've obviously done training for us um around this for our carers um what what's one of kind of the you know the standout pieces of information that you tell our carers in that training around loss and grief bereavement
1: yeah I mean I think that what I would say is uh making themselves available, um, access and support if they don't feel comfortable with that and that's okay. But also, I mean, more specifically, doing some activities or or having a way. So children, being able to ask for help, even as adults, that's a really hard thing to do, is to, to approach somebody else and say, hey, like, I'm not doing okay. Um, and I think sometimes that's, uh, you know, that's expect- expected of children as well. Um, and to directly ask for help is is really difficult. So what I say is, if we can create an external medium of being able to do that, um, but also having a conversation with the child about, hey, like that must be really difficult to to try and do that. What can we do instead? Um, and sitting down and what I say is just get a, a shoebox or a jar or something like that and sit and decorate it together. And while you're doing that, let you say, so it's not a completely direct conversation. Um, but so while you're, while you're decorating have a conversation about, you know, um, I, I understand things are, could be really tricky right now and you might have lots of questions and it might be hard for you to ask me those um so what we can do is if you're having any really big feelings or any really big worries um or if you do have any questions then you can write them down or draw them down you can put them in this box and i'll check them i'll check it every night and i can come and ask you i can come and speak to you about these things that you're worried about so then it puts the kind of ownership back on the adult. Yeah. So the child can can ask for help, can ask for support, but in a really different way.
0: Yeah, I um, I think that's I think that's such a good idea. So, so so just to go back over that, so you're saying um, you know, it, it's a shoe box, write down your questions that you might have, um, pop them in the box, you know, I'll check the box every night, and then that eliminates the need for that face-to-face, like, look, you know, I'm really worried about you know the the, the this loss or whatever. Actually, it's in there, and then the young person is shifting the need to hold that question aren't they they're putting it somewhere else but also allowing the carer to to answer it in their own time rather than being caught on the spot aren't they um, yeah
1: definitely That's and we get this with like worry dolls and things like yeah, that so yeah, lots yeah. of young people have worry dolls but one of the things about worry dolls is um what we tell young people is oh like the worry monster eats the worry and mm. then and then it's gone which just it works really well for some young people and i think it is a, a really brilliant idea but the difference with this is um that we're actually using it as so the young person will know that you know that you can make an agreement with them so do you think that i should check this every evening or do you think that i should maybe we should go through it together like on a sunday or you know those kind of things so the child is is got a bit of an agreement about how this box is used for communication just widens the open in in an external
0: way i think that's such a good idea because it's really hard to articulate your question as an adult, let alone as a child. It's that like, you know, it's just that need to to sort of say, look, this is what's on my mind. I need to ask this. Um, and it's not always the most, you know, that question might come to the child in the middle of the night um, and yeah. stuff like that where, you know, they don't want to wake somebody up. I think that's, I think that's a, a really good idea. Well, I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, one of the final things I'd kind of like to ask you about, Jade, is um, the loss of when a placement ends um and how it that you can draw on the similarities of the loss of a young person that's made that's moved on to another carer or to independence or you know whether that's a positive or a negative ending. If there's anything that's kind of similarities you would feel that our carers could take away, that they can, you know, consider themselves based on you know your experiences and training.
1: Yeah. I think um you know more specifically when a, a placement has ended and perhaps it's ended suddenly or um, it's been a, a, a tricky end, a tricky end to a placement. What we can think and what what does happen um, quite often, whether a child moves on, you know, to a different agency or whether they, you know, wherever they go to a residential or anything, um, I think sometimes it's felt like, oh, you know, a, a clean ending is is what's best for the child. Um, when actually, what what I've tried to do with some of my carers is if it's in the best interest of the young person is to promote that to to be continued. Um, I know one of my carers the other day um, you know the local authority social worker got hold of me and said um, this little lad is is struggling in his residential placement Um, could you ask the you know would the carer like to make some contact and she had already but she you know I, I spoke to her and said you know i think he's feeling a bit unloved and he's not able to have much contact at the moment and yeah you know uh, and things like that and she she was right on it and sent him a big like Harry Bow basket of sweets. And know i had to ring the local authority social worker i was like oh i hope that's all right she did it without asking <laughs> and she said yeah no definitely you know that's what that's what we would hope for children is that they a one of the things around pace and and DDP is keeping a child in mind um, and letting them know that they are in your thoughts, and just because they've moved on to another placement doesn't necessarily mean that we can't continue that and we can't do that because, um, yeah, children fill in the gaps themselves. This this little boy, this is sorry, Ed. I'm going to go on a bit now. No, don't apologize.
0: Um,
1: but I think where we have those clean breaks like that, as children become older, those gaps they will fill in themselves. So this little boy, when I last spoke to him before he moved on, it was just before, it was just after Christmas, and. Um, we went out for Pizza Hut and I was having a chat with him and he said oh yeah at Christmas we had um, lasagna for our Christmas dinner <laughs> and I was like oh my goodness really that's you know that's quite strange isn't it and we had a little bit of a laugh about it um, and when I next spoke to the carer I mentioned it and she said no we didn't we had a roast on Christmas day and we had um, lasagna on New Year's Eve or New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or something like that um And it made me really think that if those links hadn't been kept, that little boy would have, and it's, you know, that is quite a small thing, but that little boy would have. It's a prime example,
0: isn't it? Of filling in in the gaps once once things have gone.
1: as he grows up, um, you know, these beliefs that they have of memories that they've got, they never really get. That's all they have is, is those ideas of memories that they themselves have thought of very subjectively. Whereas... Usually, if I mean, if I said to my mum, "Oh yeah, do you remember that Christmas we had lasagna for Christmas dinner?" She would say, "No, we didn't. What are you talking about? <laughs> we talked Whereas, about Jane. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Whereas that doesn't happen with our young people. So keeping those links to make sure that the memories they've got are are true and real, and they're they're built in care and and love that's
0: important and I think as well that links really well to um thinking about memory boxes and stuff because you know yeah. not in all in in, in all circumstances in, in some circumstances where you know it's not possible that those conversations can carry on happening and I've some training recently we were talking about digital shoot boxes and actually you know historically we might have made a scrapbook for young people and things like that but actually as we move forward young people may they might get lost. Young know, People might not take as much care of them. So we need to think about how we can, you know, to use that example is, you know, a photograph to say Christmas dinner, you know, and is that is that stored on some kind of cloud system that's secure for the young person to be able to, like, look back on, excuse me, when they're older? Um, or is it, you know... You know, is there a way that we can make a little um, like a digital photo frame and stuff like that to, to think of different ways of helping our young people fill in those gaps of their time with us? And also of the time of their parents, like you say, with life story work is making sure that we have got something from our young people's life or people that they've maybe lost to kind of hold on to, to fill in those gaps for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so so, the main things that I think I've taken um, Jake from, from our chat is, is helping kids fill in those gaps so that they can actually process their their loss and grief properly um, and and safely um, and not feel guilty about, you know, feeling uh, the the feelings that they have of those people that have passed that they maybe haven't had the best experiences with. And I think the other thing as well, which has really stood out for me is the shoebox for questions. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think that whether or not Anybody that's listening to this has got a young person that's suffered loss. Actually, they're going to have a young person with them that's got questions about stuff. And actually, if they can take this shoebox idea and turn that into something that works for them to add into their toolbox of resources for them, I think that's a really interesting thing to take away. Um, The final thing I'd just like to ask you, Jade, is are there any external resources or websites that you would suggest people look at or check out to help them going forward?
1: yeah definitely so i'm sure people have, have already heard of it but winston's wish is brilliant and they've got um some really good resources on there okay um books that you can get and um i think they're around five or ten pounds something like that yeah but there's loads of resources that you can get online i mean i've got uh because i deliver the training on grief um loss and bereavement i've got a, a book actually of um resources that that can be used for children young people and carers okay. so if anybody was interested in um, me emailing that cross i can always do that if yeah
0: yeah that'd be great jay so what what we'll do is um we will make that available to you guys that are listening to this we'll pop it on the blue sky website uh, on the training section um and there'll be some inserts um from that if that's okay jade if we could do that yeah. Cool. yeah yeah
1: that's absolutely fine
0: um is there anything else that you'd like to add just before we wrap up is there anything that you'd like to say to anyone
1: No, I think um, just that, you know, if you if you do get any difficult questions from children and you don't really know how to answer them or if there are any topics that that come up and and you need answers for it. um, Yeah, just make use of you supervising social worker to to really try and advocate for the young person to get those answers from local authority. Because, like I say, I think sometimes it's difficult to access those um, through fears of professionals.
0: Okay, cool. Well, nice one. Thanks ever so much, Jade. Um, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. So hopefully you guys have all found that interesting talking about grief and bereavement and some of the techniques and ideas that Jade has come up with. For me, the one that really stuck the most was the shoebox idea of allowing young people to write down their thoughts and questions to give you that breathing time in that space to come up with an answer, to you know to give them a, a proper answer, to fill in those gaps like Jade was saying. Um thanks for listening to the podcast guys. Hopefully we'll keep this going for a little bit longer and we'll catch up with you all soon. Bye bye.